It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. It's, of course, presented by DraftKings. I think you know I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. It was a cool temp job in my 20s. Ever since then, I've been doing the media thing. Love doing games. Saturday, I'll be doing UConn, bowl bound at Army. And then Sunday, how about a little Chargers Chiefs, which Joe and I will get to a little bit later. Hit me up on social at Ross Tucker NFL always or at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram. You see the highlight clips of the shows. You can check us out. On video, if you prefer, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I know more and more people subscribing and watching. And if you like Madden, I'm giving away free codes this week. Just rate and review this show. Send it to me, the screenshot, Ross at Ross Tucker.com, or take advantage of any of our sponsors. Forward me the email once you do, Ross at Ross Tucker.com, or subscribe to the YouTube. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Hit the thumbs up. Reply to any video, maybe a Fantasy Feast video from Joe, and say, I want it for PS4 or I want it for Xbox or whatever. Speaking of Joe, that's Joe Dolan. Love the guy for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Primarily, though, because he's an awesome fantasy analyst and awesome dude. Love the personality, love the energy, always brings it. I don't like hanging out with people unless they always bring it. Hang out with Joe on social, at FG underscore Dolan. Hang out with Joe every day, fantasypoints.com, using the code 22FEAST. Joe, we dive into Thursday night because it's interesting on several levels. Titans, Packers. Is everybody now all aboard the Christian Watson bandwagon this week, Joe? Yeah, and and obviously I would I would caution to be all in because you know three he caught four passes and three of them went for touchdowns. To expect that to happen every week is is obviously foolish. You can't do that, but you know I don't think anybody's going to think that. He is certainly though a viable wide receiver three, volatile though he may be, and. Aaron Rodgers earning some trust, uh, earning some trust from Aaron Rodgers, rather. And here is the thing that I keep going back to. This is a season that has really been derailed for Christian Watson by injuries. You know, he's had the concussion. um, He had the hamstring um, dating back into the summer. But it does stand out to me that on the first drive of the Packers season, they dialed up a go ball where Christian Watson ran right by Patrick Peterson and just flat out dropped it, okay? They took him in the top 35 of the NFL draft. So they clearly like this kid. And now Romeo Dobbs is out for some time with the ankle injury. So the opportunity is arising here for Christian Watson. He is a wide receiver three. Um, So is Alan Lazard. Lazard, obviously, I think is going to have the higher floor. Um, Watson, as you clearly saw, has the higher ceiling of these of these two receivers. Um, by the way, the Packers released Amari Rodgers 
um, the punt returner who had who had a really bad fumbling problem. I think that means Randall Cobb could be back soon. Sammy Watkins looks like he's hauling a refrigerator on his back, so I would expect Randall Cobb will get back in this lineup. I believe next week he's eligible. Um, and and then Aaron Jones has taken over this backfield, coming off one of his best games of the season. He got seventy percent of the snaps and a season high twenty four carries. Against Tennessee, by the way, who didn't have their best defensive player, Jeffrey Simmons, last week. Um, I don't know if Simmons is going to be able to play this week, but um, I, Christian Watson is obviously the story of of the week for the Green Bay Packers, and rightfully so. What about the Titans on the other side? Well, Ryan Tannehill getting back gives this team some semblance of a passing game. And look, I am not going to tell you to pick up Nick Westbrook Akina. I can't tell you to do that. Uh, Hopefully, maybe you have a couple best ball shares from the 18th round back in back in May because uh, then they just paid off with that. The one thing I will say about the Titans, and you know about Derrick Henry, one thing to point out here, Ross, not that you're sitting Derrick Henry in a season-long perspective, but the Titans uh, center, Ben Jones, is in concussion protocol. He's probably not going to play this week. It's yet another example of the difficulty getting turned up against Mike Vrabel and the Titans just keep winning football games. Um, but it's going to be tough sledding for Derrick Henry this week. Traylon Burks returned to the lineup this past week. He ran a route on 74% of the team's pass plays in week 10, despite a long layover. If there is anybody outside of Derrick Henry who has my interest on this team, it's Traylon Burks. I'm not saying you start him on Thursday night. Maybe a, a speculative ad is worth worth your while. Green Bay, by the way, three-point favorite, 41 being the total. So they're expecting a pretty ugly Thursday night game as the Titans tend to play. We talked about this last week a little bit, Joe, but Justin Fields, good gracious. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's this year's Jalen Hurts, right? As they yeah. take on the Falcons Sunday? And I don't think he's even where Jalen – I mean, Jalen Hurts uh, – well, let's say Jalen Hurts is in his second full season as a, as a quarterback, and I think he's very much progressed as a passer. I think that's obvious. Justin Fields is going to have the opportunity to do that uh, next week, uh, next year rather. Um, and look, compared to where Justin Fields was five weeks ago, this is just staggering. And when I look at him statistically, Justin Fields reminds me of – Early Atlanta, Michael Vick. He was not in any way refined as a passer, though he had the arm talent. He was just an explosive, game-changing runner who could make a couple of throws that make you say, wow, and then that's that can be enough to win a football game. Of course, they didn't win the football game last week because they don't really have a, a, a very good team right now. But Justin Fields has finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback in six straight games. He opened wow. the season having not finished as a top 20 fantasy quarterback in the first four games. He's been a top five fantasy quarterback in the last four games. He's been the overall quarterback one the last two games. I mean, this is big time stuff for Justin Fields. Um, and, and look, the, the passing game, they don't have a ton of weapons. So it's not like I'm looking out here and saying, oh my God, Justin Fields. Do I think this is sustainable? Well, probably not. I mean, I think he has two of the five highest a total rushing yard regular season games by a quarterback of all time. I don't think that is sustainable. But for a fantasy, can can are they going to build off of this for this year? Yeah, absolutely. That's what they're going to do. Um, so yeah, Justin Fields, quarterback one, maybe the quarterback one. 
does he have an opportunity to have a have a bad game at some point? Yeah, I'm not sure it's this week against Atlanta, though. Uh, two things to point out. Number one, Khalil Herbert, the running back's on IR. The Bears have the NFL's best run game, of course, in large part because of Justin Fields. So David Montgomery, could he be on the league-winning kind of radar? When you see a guy go on IR, even though it's only four weeks, in week 11, Ross, there's an opportunity that that's a season-ending injury. Uh, so keep an eye on that with Khalil Herbert. And if you're desperate and you're looking for somebody to pick up off of uh, off of the waiver wire to fill out your bench, rookie Treston Ebner would be the guy for the Bears because I do think they'll still work a second running back in here, though I do in- anticipate Montgomery will be the heavy RB1 in this backfield. What about Atlanta on the other side? Mariota's going to try some new cool trick shots, trick throws? Oh, he is horrible. Uh, I mean, oh, man. Uh, how about this stat? I, and look, we've already we've already written the epitaph for Kyle Pitts this year, okay? It's not happening. And if it does happen, I mean, great. I mean, I don't know how you could have anticipated it happening. Among the 26 tight ends with 30 or more targets, Kyle Pitts' catch rate is 46.3%. That's by far the lowest. The average catch rate for a tight end this year, this is per fantasy points data, and my my guy Graham Barfield, 69.8%. So tight ends are expected to catch about 70% of their targets this year. Kyle Pitts is at 46. And why? Because just 61% of his targets per fantasy points data have been deemed catchable. It's not only last among tight ends who often see some of the most catchable targets in the league, it's last among all players. All of them. It's like, uh, Ross, there's a, there's a video game. Uh, I'm dating, uh, I'm maybe dating myself here. It's called Metal Gear Solid 2, okay? Um, Sons of Liberty was on the PlayStation 2. Just a, a prescient, brilliant game. Anyway, there is a character in that game named Fortune who cannot get hit by a bullet, okay? Like, bullets just like, when, when they shoot her at Fortune, they just go around her. She can't get hit. That's Kyle Pitts right now, a football that cannot find him in a catchable manner at any point. So Kyle Pitts, you are fortune for Metal Gear Solid 2. Marcus Mariota is incapable of hitting you with a football. Carolina's in Baltimore, Joe, and we've got a quarterback switch in Carolina. Yeah, the Panthers are 12 and a half point underdogs here against Baltimore, 42 the total. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield is going to start. Welcome back to the Bake Show. Um, And look, he came in in relief of Walker a couple weeks ago and probably played the best he has all year. I just don't think this is a very good matchup for Baker Mayfield. Um, Baltimore getting back, they got back Tyus Bowser before the bye and David Ajabo, the rookie who would have been a first round pick if he didn't tear his Achilles at his pro day. It looks like he's going to be up to be back in the fold here in week number, uh, make his NFL debut rather in week 11 not a great matchup for Baker Mayfield. Um, DJ Moore, he's a wide receiver three. You just pray um, that Baker Mayfield's able to find him. Deontay Foreman, back in the saddle, though, last week, putting up big numbers um, in, in that game against Atlanta after the horrible game the previous week in, in which the Panthers couldn't get anything going offensively. Here is the problem for Foreman, though. He's got to score a touchdown. He's going to be game script dependent. He's run a route on just 27% of the Panthers' passing plays, which is a horrifically low number. The Panthers are 12-point underdogs against the Baltimore Ravens. That's a that's a situation where I'm downgrading Deontay Foreman. 
What about the Ravens? So, I mean, Ross, we record this on a on a Wednesday morning. The Ravens here, from a fantasy perspective, entirely injury report dependent. What is the status of of Mark Andrews? What is the status of Gus Edwards? We know Rashad Bateman's out for the year. Deshaun Jackson, in true Deshaun Jackson fashion, comes out, plays, and picks up a hamstring injury. What is the status of Deshaun Jackson in this game? So there is a lot that is dependent on the injury report for the Baltimore Ravens. Obviously, if Andrew Andrews goes, you play him. I, I mean, there, there, there's no two ways about that. But in their last game, uh, the Baltimore Ravens played. They played uh, in week nine prior to their bye. They played that game on Monday night against the Saints. Lamar Jackson goes 12 of 22. He has no receivers. Isaiah likely catches only one pass. Kenyon Drake carries the ball 24 times for and two touchdowns. If Gus Edwards plays, I have to think he's the top guy, but I can't be sure of that. So he's probably someone who's going to be in your line in lineup decisions because you just don't know what Kenyon Drake is going to do. By the way, Lamar Jackson hasn't finished as a top 10 fantasy quarterback since week three. Wow. That's surprising. Yeah, wow. Yeah, exactly. That just the complete lack of, of passing game production here for the Ravens has hurt them. Mark Andrews being back would help in a big way, but they still don't have any wide receivers. Joe, what if we what do we do if we have Browns or Bills on our fantasy teams? Well, uh, Ross, um, uh, you do every other kind of podcast. I'm a little surprised you don't do a weather one right now. Um, the, the you got to come up with it. You got to come up with a clever title and get a get a weatherman on because uh, we could have a weather game. There could be uh, now. Obviously, Ross, you know how these things change. It could go north, it could go south, it could come in earlier, it could come in later than they anticipate. But right now, it's looking like we could see like two feet of snow on the ground in this game, which would obviously make the run game extremely important. Now, Buffalo, per our Fantasy Points data rush grade, has the fifth best rushing environment of the week against this Cleveland defense, a defense that just got absolutely shredded by Jeff Wilson and Ricky Mostert. So I think it's a good week for Devin Singletary. On the flip side, Cleveland has the fourth worst run rush grade of the week. And how we do that is we measure an offensive line's performance in opening up holes before contact vis-a-vis a defense's performance in closing holes before contact. And then we create a rush grade for it. Now, by the numbers, though, the Bills have gotten kind of shredded by some good backs in recent weeks. Aaron Jones, Michael Carter, Dalvin Cook. So I do think this is an exploitable matchup, uh, despite what our, our rush grade thinks, and it's a huge week for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt has, like, completely disappeared from this offense. He's got, like, six catches over the past four games. He's gone under 20 rushing yards in, in, in four of the last five games. It's a Nick Chubb game and a Nick Chubb environment. Um, the weather is obviously going to dictate a lot of the rest of what goes on in this game, because if it will be snowing, that's a massive downgrade for Amari Cooper. It's a massive downgrade for for Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's a massive downgrade for Gabe Davis and, 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 and Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, who obviously did not play well last week despite playing. So unfortunately, Ross, we're looking at a, a game here. Uh, let me find the total, which has been bet way, 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 way down to 43. Buffalo's an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I mean, this opened in the high 40s. It's been bet way down. The weather is expected to be a massive factor in this game. Sounds like a good day to drink some Labatt Blue Light, huh? Eh? Eh, up there in uh, in Buffalo? It's going to be cold. Why not drink 
a cold Labatt blue light. We need it. We need this. If you're a Bills fan, really Browns fans might need it. Might be a good day to not even tailgate, just to stay home and stock up in your fridge. Be the MVP at your house, or if you want to tailgate, MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ross, if it snows, I don't even know what the average uh, BAC in that stadium is going to be. <laughs> it's going to be pretty high. <laughs> in that what cage. about... Um... What about Washington and Houston? Yeah, Washington coming off a game against Philadelphia that was really strange. Like, look, they controlled the clock, they controlled the game, the Eagles couldn't get on schedule. But Ross, if I if I were to tell you, let's say let's say you're playing offense, okay, and I were to tell you because you're, you're, you're an alignment, your team ran the ball forty times during the game and gained three yards a carry. What would you say? I would say it's good news that we ran 40 times. That means we probably had the ball a lot and we were controlling the action. Yeah, which is exactly because, like, you look at the yards per play. I mean, 4.1 for Washington. They, what happened was they got into third downs, third and shorts, and they just converted all of them. And I, I'm not sure how sustainable that is. That being said, I look at our rush grade at Fantasy Points – Washington's got the third best rush grade of the week because Houston's run defense has been atrocious. Atrocious. I have a prediction. For the first time in his career, Brian Robinson will average four yards per carry in a game. His his career high so far in a game is 3.65. I think he gets there against Houston. I don't see why Washington would change what Washington did last week against a much better Philadelphia team when you know that Houston can't stop the run. The Eagles held Washington to three yards of carry. I don't think Houston's going to do that. So I think this is going to be a big Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson game. I don't think I'm breaking any news there, but that's what I think. Um, I will have you know this. Houston is actually using Derek Stingley, their rookie corner, as a shadow corner. He's aligned across from four different receivers at a 75% or higher route clip this year. I would anticipate he's going to shadow Terry McLaurin in this game. The bad news for Derek Stingley is Terry McLaurin finally got the Darius Slay bugaboo off his back. I don't think De- Derek Stingley's a talented player. What's, what's, what, what's, he's never given up a touchdown in his life, I think, is the, uh, is, is the stat on Derek Stingley. Or that was Sauce Gardner. Uh, whatever the case, Derek Stingley. Um, I think he's going to have a rough go of it in this one against uh, against Terry McLaurin. Though it's good news for Houston's future that they already trust him as a shadow corner. What about Houston on offense? Um, Nico Collins is available in like 90% of Yahoo leagues or was before waivers ran and is their number one receiver. And like Davis Mills is inconsistent, but he's not hopeless. So I think Nico Collins should be rostered in way more leagues than he is right now. Brandon Cooks, I think, is 
has kind of fallen by the wayside. I think Brandon Cooks is is taking the all right. Uh, uh, let's get through this season angle and see if I end up on another team next off season. I think that's where Brandon Cooks is. Nico Collins should be picked up in way more leagues. And then outside of that, it's Damian Pierce, man. I mean, Damian Pierce continues to get it done. Yeah, I know they did sign Eno Benjamin. That doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, Damian Pierce, it's Damian Pierce and Nico Collins right now for the Houston Texans. Uh, Brandon Cooks is like a low-end wide receiver three. Curious to get your thoughts on the Eagles against the Colts. There's a lot to get into here. No Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. The Colts started Matt Ryan because Jeff Saturday evidently didn't want me to win my bet last week on the Even Money podcast, laying the points with the Raiders because he told me it would be Ellinger. What do you got? The Eagles are just, they're, they're coming off a weird game, as I just mentioned, okay? And the number one thing, and I think it's a valid uh, complaint for, for their fans will be, oh my God, we're going to get run over by Jonathan Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor might be the best back in football. So yeah, I think that's valid. But it was kind of a weird game for the Eagles in that it's a team that for not, for the first nine weeks of the season got pretty much every bounce. Now, I think they're good, so they created a lot of their own luck. And then in week 10, all those bounces went against the Eagles in the most spectacular way possible. Missed penalty calls, obviously, on on the Goddard fumble. Quez Watkins falling down for no reason, getting up, and then fumbling the football after a long completion. An interception going through A.J. Brown's hands. Like, these things, it it happens. It's the NFL. There's 17 games. There's a lot of parity in the league. I would tell Eagles fans, don't panic. That being said, I would think teams are going to see the blueprint here and say, all right, we're going to run the football until they can prove they can get us off the field in third and short situations. Matt Ryan, if you get the guy under pressure, he is going to make mistakes. They're going to try to get the ball out of his hands quickly, just like Washington did with Taylor Heineke. So they're going to try to get the ball out of his hands quickly. I think that's going to be a lot of targets for Paris Campbell. By the way, the Eagles slot corner, Avante Maddox is on IR. Josiah Scott's a good backup, but Avante Maddox is on IR. Quick targets, a lot of Jonathan Taylor. The formula is simple. The question is, can the Colts execute it as effectively as the Commanders did last week? And, and I'm not I'm not sure they can, but uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. What about the Eagles offensively without Goddard? Yeah, um, I'm interested to see what they do. I'm not picking up one of these tight ends yet, although the guy, Jack Stoll has been kind of the top backup for them. I do wonder if the rookie Grant Calcaterra will get more work. He's a big-time athlete. Um, with Goddard out in this game. And by the way, um, I think as of recording, the Eagles have not put Goddard on IR, but I, I, I figure it could be coming soon. So just keep an eye on that. It's a big loss. There's no two ways about that for the Eagles. Goddard is, is one of the two or three best tight ends in the league with Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. So it's a huge loss for them. Um, the And the other thing is without Goddard, I think that probably emboldens Indianapolis to potentially shadow A.J. Brown with, with Stephon Gilmore. Um, now, here's the thing about that, that thing. I, I thought Gilmore would shadow Devontae Adams last week, and he did not. Gilmore has faced two wide receivers on over 70% of their routes this year. That was Cortland Sutton in Week 5 and Terry McLaurin in Week 8. And the two had virtually identical stat lines with, uh, with Gilmore in primary coverage, 4 for 69 for, for Sutton and four for 65 for uh, AJ uh, for Terry McLaurin. Devontae Adams 
<laughs> rather, got shadowed on just 29% of his routes by Stephon Gilmore. So that was not a shadow situation at all, in large part because the Raiders like to put him in the slot. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do, but I still do project that A.J. Brown is more likely than not to catch a shadow here. Um, and Gilmore last week allowed just one catch for six yards when he did match up on Devontae Adams, who roasted the, uh, the, the Colts the rest of the game. Before we get, Joe, to the Jets and the Patriots, which I'm looking forward to, I want to make sure everyone's doing whatever they can to stay healthy. This time of year with the holidays and stuff, start taking athletic greens like I did. Hadn't heard of it until they started to advertise. Now I'm a big fan. Gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, better than taking pills, 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food, source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. Here's what I really like. It's better than a multivitamin. But I know a lot of you already take multivitamins, but this is a better way to get the same thing. It's less than three bucks a day. I can't even keep track of how many five-star reviews they have now. Plus, well, here's what they're doing to make it easy for you guys. Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash feast. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash feast to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Joe, Patriots Jets. I'm not feeling a lot of a lot of a lot of excitement about this from a fantasy matchup. Oh, really, Ross? What 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 gives you that uh that notion? Uh the Patriots have this is gonna be fascinating because first and foremost, that jet defense is legit. The Patriots, um, their rush grade that we calculated fantasy points that I've already mentioned on this podcast um, is the worst since uh, uh, is the worst since I've been tracking it. So it'll be really interesting to see their approach. Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris combined for 104 yards on 27 carries uh, when these two teams met in week eight, but 35 of Ramondre's 71 rushing yards came on a single carry. So he had. 36 on his other 15 rushes combined. So he'll probably need some juice in the passing game uh, to reach value in this game against this nasty Jet defense. And based on the way that Mac Jones has played, I mean, I don't trust that the passing game is going to be a big factor here. As a matter of fact, Jacoby Myers is quietly the wide receiver 17 at 14.8 fantasy points per game uh, this year. He's been the only consistent Patriot receiver for two years running. But one thing that's not so quiet again is how well the Jets' defense is playing, and that includes slot corner Michael Carter. Yes, they have a slot corner named Michael Carter and also a running back named Michael Carter. Um, And among primary slot cornerbacks over the last five weeks, Carter's .13 fantasy points per coverage snap allowed is the sixth lowest in the league. So the Jets match up well on all the Patriots' strengths. So that is something that is 
really concerning to me from a fantasy perspective. I cannot sit Ramondre Stevenson. The guy's been a legit bell cow. I just need to ho- I think he's going to need to do it in the passing game this week to really reach the value that you want from Ramondre Stevenson. What about the Jets on offense? Well, the first and foremost, do I do I believe in Zach Wilson right now? No, I do not. But the one thing I will note, and I'm not starting him this week. I'm I'm just not doing it. They did say Robert Sala heading into the bye, Elijah Moore is going to get more work out of the slot. That is a change in his role that that maybe gets him more targets. Of course, you need a quarterback, though, who's going to deliver the football. Corey Davis could be back this week. Garrett Wilson's really been coming on. Outside of Michael Carter, really the only Jet... Uh, Tyler Conklin, by the way, is a viable streaming tight end. Although, again, Wilson drags this whole thing down, which concerns me. But I'm excited to see Elijah Moore's um, role in this offense. And and just to put a bow on it, because, Ross, you mentioned how unexciting this is from a fantasy perspective. The total uh, is 38.5, which is tied for the lowest of the week. So uh, not a whole lot of points expected in this game. No. I'm not expecting a lot of points in the Rams-Saints game either. Well, Ross, you will not believe what I have in store for you because the game on DraftKings Sportsbook, that is tied with Patriots-Jets for the lowest total on the slate is the Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints. First and foremost, as we record, don't know who's playing quarterback for the Saints. It could be Jameis Winston. They could go back to Dalton. If Winston's in there, boost up Chris Olave, boost up maybe Jarvis Landry a little, pull back on Alvin Kamara. I mean, it, the, the Saints are a sinking ship. The problem is the Rams are a ship that sunk. The Rams were last in the the defending Super Bowl champion Rams with Sean McVay as head coach are last in the NFL in yards per play. And that is with Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup's gained 34% of their yards for scrimmage from scrimmage. By the way, I'm surprised it's not higher than that, quite frankly. Matthew Stafford, even when he comes back from the concussion, if he can come back this week, who's he throwing to? Van Jefferson, low-end wide receiver three. Allen Robinson's been a zero all year. Tyler Higby finally got back involved in the passing game last week. But here's the problem. Higby's role shrunk because they were using him as a glorified offensive tackle, and they just lost two more offensive linemen. Alaric Jackson, who I believe opened the year as their right guard, then moved to left tackle when Joe Noteboom went down for the year. He's out for the year. He's got blood clots. I really hope that young man's healthy. And then Brewer, who came in there to play right guard for Alaric Jackson, he's now down with an MCL injury. He might miss the rest of the season. So the the Rams' offensive line is terrible. Their receiving group is terrible. Their quarterback is hurt. I mean, even with Cooper Cup, they were the worst offense in the NFL. What are we doing? I, I, how, who, how how many of these guys do I feel good about playing? Zero. Oh, and now they have a three-man running back rotation, too. Good luck. Any difference with the Saints if it's Jameis? I like Chris Olave more. Slight boost to Jarvis Landry. And I think it's a knock on, um, on, on Alvin Kamara. The other thing, though, is like if you're desperate for a tight end and we just lost two of our best fantasy tight ends for potentially extended stretches this past week in Goddard and Zach Ertz. Juwan Johnson is somebody to pick up, uh, consider on the waiver wire for the Saints. He's actually been one of their few semi-consistent receivers. 
Last but not least, we've got the Lions at the Giants, Joe. Curious about your thoughts on this one. 45 and a half is the total. So they actually think there's going to be some decent scoring in this game. Um, Saquon Barkley, by the way, on pace to touch the ball 454 times this year. That's a lot. And he's done well with it. Um, The problem is with Saquon getting so many touches, there's very little production to be had for this receiving group. Wandale Robinson led them in routes run in week 10. He ran 18 routes. Darius Slayton has kind of emerged here. Uh, let's get some let's get some numbers on Darius Slayton. Let's throw some love out there on Darius Slayton's name because he's got a good matchup this week. He rekindled his relationship, obviously, with Danny Dimes Ross, uh, basically out of sheer necessity. And now he might be good again. He scored double-digit fantasy points and topped 58 receiving yards in four out of his last five games. Um, obviously had the bizarre touchdown against the Texans in which he basically just caught a dump-off pass and they refused to tackle him. Kenny Galladay continued to prove he's one of the biggest wastes of, of money in NFL history. Um, he dropped both of his Week 10 targets. So I think Darius Slayton should continue to get a large portion of the Giants' perimeter targets. He also runs his high, the highest percentage of his routes on the defense's left side, where he'll draw the coverage of Amani Oruwarie. You remember him from Penn State, Ross. Well, unfortunately for Oruwarie, he has surrendered 0.53 fantasy points per coverage snap over the last five weeks. That is most among all corners. Lions on offense? Yeah, so the Lions right now have what we uh, at Fantasy Points have determined the strongest rush grade of the week. So they have the best run game matchup here, but the problem is they seem committed to their three man rotation. Deandre Swift shoulder uh, and ankle injuries have limited him just a handful of snaps in the last two weeks, despite his not even having an injury designation on last week's report. However, he scored twice in the last three weeks. That is probably what he's going to need to do uh, going forward to make value for fantasy. It's a good matchup, at least if you need Deandre Swift, but it goes without saying Jamal Williams with his, really touchdown-heavy, volume-oriented role is a very strong RB2 this week. And and Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, in his last what? Uh, in his last 12 healthy games, he's seen at least 24% of the, the Lions' targets with nine total targets in every single game in that span. You were looking for Cooper Cup, you've got him. Cooper Cup's gone, Amon Ross St. Brown isn't. That is the voice of Joe Dolan. Make sure you check him out on social at FG underscore Dolan. Really make sure you subscribe to this show so you know exactly when episode two is posted because we're about to record that one right now. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.